0: What's up, Overcomers? I hope everybody is doing well. hope everybody is staying safe in this odd current climate that we're in. And because of this odd climate and pandemic, I didn't feel it was right to put advertisers or sponsors on this podcast. So we'll get right to it with my amazing guest, Kelsey Murphy. Kelsey Murphy is a entrepreneur, a business and life coach. She has an amazing podcast titled Whiskey and Work. She's been featured in pretty much every publication that you can possibly think of. Forbes, Huffington Post, Business Insider, and everything in between. She works with some of the biggest names in the industry, like Marie Folio. And I learned a lot from her on this podcast. And I think it's really apropos right now with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of at-home businesses. Not only is she an entrepreneur, but she's also a mother of two. She's got a family. And she talks about that delicate balance between business and family life, and how she gives herself the grace to do both. She talks about overcoming self-doubt and fear, making that jump from being a super high-profile high nine-to-five job to being an entrepreneur, and everything in between. And like I said, I just learned a lot from her. And when you listen to her podcast, you listen to her talk, she has an energy and a happiness that just flows through her. So please welcome my guest today, Kelsey Murphy. Kelsey Murphy, welcome to the Overcoming You Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the, this time in this uh, awkward kind of era that, that we're in now. So I appreciate you uh, braving, braving the storm and coming out and being on the podcast. So thank you very much. I really do appreciate it.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me here. It is an honor, and I'm excited, and I'm hunkered down in my closet right now. <laughs> my kids are running around like banshees downstairs, but it's a—it's really nice to have a conversation, I think, with people like you that are trying to promote such um, positive messages out there in a time that is, you know, can be a little bit scary, so I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, and actually, since it's nothing that I had all my kind of list of questions or things I wanted to talk to you about, um, but I would actually kind of like to get your thoughts on the current state being a a boss, mom, businesswoman. But before we do that, can you give the listeners who aren't familiar with you, kind of a little bit of your background, kind of who are you, what do you do, and kind of go from there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Kelsey Murphy. I am a business and life coach. Uh, my background comes from the advertising world. I used to work up in San Francisco. I was the director for Nintendo and Elizabeth Arden and GoPro. And while that sounds very cool and fancy, <laughs> um, my my sweet soul was was dying a slow death as I as I continued to climb that corporate ladder. Um, wonderful people, wonderful company, just wasn't the right fit for me. And I think I knew that very early on. And, um, you know, I think when we know things aren't the right fit for us very early on, and then we continue to stay in them because, you know, we're either uh, scared of leaving something that we think is so great on paper, or we don't know what the next step is. I think that our confidence is slowly deteriorating, you know, and it's kind of sucking the life out of us. And then we question ourselves and our ability to make decisions and our ability to have the best judgment. So I stayed in that place for a really long time and then um, eventually decided I needed to make the jump because uh I, as much as I thought growing up, I was literally just going to work and then become a stay at home mom. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. like my dream um, to like live on the same street as my mom, have like 10 kids and 10 dogs. Um, I When I moved to San Francisco, my mind kind of shifted out of that mentality. I got a taste of uh, contributing and being impactful and working at this new level and traveling all over the world. And so I decided that what I wanted my future to look like did include some sort of work. Um, So when I was at my my agency, I was trying to look for other women that had that lifestyle. They had like this really great family life where they could be home and available and show up for their kids field trips all the time, but also were very successful. And I couldn't find that. I couldn't find that in my corporate world. And so I started to explore outside of that. And that's when I really started to fall in love um, with entrepreneurship. And I stumbled upon Marie Forleo, who is now a dear friend of mine. And I collaborate and work very closely with and um, a lot of female entrepreneurs that were able to create this lifestyle uh, that didn't just check one box. You know, I whenever I told anybody that I I kind of want to work part time, but I want to make a ton of money and yeah. I want to be impactful and help others. And but I want to sh- take my kids to the zoo every Friday. They were like, oh, that's so sweet, Kelsey. <laughs> like, oh, pat on the that's head. that's a nice. Yeah, that's a nice dream. Um- but I when people told me I could only have one or the other, you know, like, oh, like, well, you can do that, but you can't do them both at the same time. Um I kind of felt like someone was like chopping off an arm, right? It felt like someone was asking me to only be half of myself. and so so I went really researching different people and women that were creating those lifestyles and uh, learned how to do it and learned how to build a business where I could do that, where I only work part-time hours, um where I can make you know a high six figures where I could have the freedom to take my kids on every single field trip. Um, That was really important to me. And so figuring out how to build that lifestyle uh, was a personal goal of mine. So I built my life coaching business. And then along the way, all of a sudden people started asking me, hey, hold on a second. How did you do this? And I started to coach people from a business standpoint. That's when Marie Forleo reached out to me and said, hey, I want you to teach my B-Schoolers how to do this. Can you come in? And I started working with them. Um, And then I just started working with a ton of different women that wanted to create that lifestyle. um, And I helped them build it. And I've been doing that for quite a while now. I've spoken at places like Twitter and Facebook and all over the world and, um, you know, started my podcast Mm -hmm. where chat on there about life and being a mom and the craziness of that. And then also how to build a successful business with a little bit of passive income, but also, you know, I'm a bit of an introvert. So how, how do you manage that in the world of social media? So I get to talk about those kinds of fun things on the podcast and, and it's been amazing. It's been a crazy, crazy journey, but, uh, Here I am now sitting in my closet (laughs) chatting with incredible people like you, you know, having these intimate one on one conversations that will get now get to be shared to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in a very scalable way. So uh, being able to find a business and a lifestyle that really um, honored, I think, who I was and this uh, weird, weird dream that I wanted um, was really important to me. So now that's what I help other people do.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I love your podcast and the title. You had me at the very first word of your title, which is uh whiskey and work. So you had me uh, hook, line and sinker. So I love your pod- podcast love on there. You know, one of the things that I love about podcasts and love about kind of the current state of individuals is that we're able to be a lot more transparent. And, you know, if someone looks at you in just meeting you for the first time, you go, Oh my gosh, here's this polished human being. Here's this um, successful entrepreneur, you know, she has basically everything going for her, but they don't hear all the mental chatter that goes on. So I wanted to ask you if you could kind of put, what are some things that's going through your mind when you're at GoPro, when you're at Nintendo, when you're in that nine to five? But I know for me, when I was in that nine to five, it was, it just felt like life sucking that cubicle or that, that uh, office was just like, every time I sat down, it was just like, ugh. And so what's going through your, through your mind at this point in time? Are you like, hey, I meant for more, and then did you have everything all lined up when you made that leap out of the nine to five into the entrepreneurship, or did you just kind of jump off the cliff and hope your chute opens? Kind of what was going through, through that mind? Because I think it's really important for people to understand uh, that kind of process or that that mindset.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Such a good question. And I feel like, you know, this doesn't really go away as you become an entrepreneur, either that like self-doubt. Yes. Um it's something you have to constantly be aware of and constantly be um, monitoring and shifting. Um, but when I was in the nine to five, I it was never like a huge alarm going off, like you're in the wrong place. Like it was a subtle, quiet discomfort that something always felt off, like something always felt off. And, um, and I felt a little bit like a misfit, but it wasn't a traditional misfit, right? Like I felt like I could fit in with with the crowd and, um, you know, if you looked at me lined up next to everybody else, I just looked like another advertising director, you know, and uh, so I could fit in, but I always felt off when I had conversations with the art directors or the copywriters. I remember this one time we were having a big dinner and we were sitting with my producer and my art director, and my copywriter, and we were talking about this director that we wanted to bring on board and how we were going to, like, woo him, basically, like, to come shoot our commercial. And everyone was talking about him and his work and all the things that they loved about it and the cinematography And we were like, yeah, like, it'd be so cool to get him. And I was involved in the conversation, but man, they were lit up about it. They were so excited. And then everyone was like, okay, let's go home and let's research even more. And this is probably like 1130 or 12, you know, am like, it's like end of the night and everyone's like, let's go home and let's just try to find some more ways and some more things that he's done that, you know, like, and I like looked at them, like, what? You're going to go home and keep like researching this? Like, and I I was like going to go home and like listen to like a Tony Robbins podcast, right? right? Like, cause like, that's what I cared about. I cared about personal development and human psychology. And what I realized is, I thought for a long time in that nine to five, everyone just doesn't like their job, right? Like that's just normal. If you have a nine to five, you just don't like your job. And what I realized at that dinner was that's not actually true. (laughs) There are people that actually love their job and that just wasn't the right job for me. Like I wasn't in love with that, but all the people sitting around me at dinner, they were in love with it. They really were lit up by it and they wanted to go home and continue to research it because that's how much they loved it. So I recognized then like, like I'm never going to want to go home and deep dive into advertising or into the things that they were going to deep dive into. And then I was never going to reach my potential. I was never going to be like the best of the best. And I was, it, it just, it was like such an aha moment for me of like, Hey, Kelsey, the way you feel actually isn't that normal. Like yeah. you should go find the job That makes you so excited that you talk about late night at dinner with people that you go home and continue to research just because you want to and that's for me when i started to be like oh this little thing that's just been feeling off that makes you feel a little bit out of place that you feel like a misfit actually is the only thing you need to pay attention to right now like that's something you need to honor
0: yeah i felt the exact same way when i was in corporate america i kept thinking the exact same thing, like oh, everybody I'm talking to—a director, a regional vice president, a CFO, a CEO—I would sit there and I'm like, "This is such small potatoes. Like, this is just a business. Like, don't you, don't we want to like do something big? Like, doesn't everybody want to like go out and affect lives? Doesn't everybody want to do that? And that's just not the case. Not better, not not I'm not better than or anything like that. Just different. And I couldn't. Right. It took me a long time to finally realize that. Like, oh, not everybody wants to make a difference. Not everybody wants to help people. Some people are just totally fine working that nine to five and then they do stuff after work. And like I said, I wanna make it very perfectly clear. It's not better than, it's just different. But I think once you start to cue in on those little life's whispers and you start to listen to them and then you start to take action towards that, then you start to kind of live what your purpose is and what your identity is. And if your identity doesn't in line with that nine to five or those values, then there's always going to be a disconnect and you're always going to be like, ah, oh, something's not right. Something's not right here. I want to kind of go back. You pretty much have, like I said, kind of a picture perfect nine to five. You're doing well. You're moving up the corporate ladder and you go to make that jump. Did you have that whole business outside of your nine to five, your your um, entrepreneur mindset already built? Did you have it already set up? Were you already making money on the side or did you just jump? And how did you when was the catalyst that made you do that, do that jump? Or when did you know you want, this is it. I got to rip the bandaid off. I got to go.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. If I had that whole thing planned out so perfectly, I would have been out of there way earlier. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, I'm also as as risky as it might seem like I am because I left that job, I'm not a big risk taker. So um, it wasn't really uh, either or, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I had this perfect thing lined up and my business was all set up. Um, and then I was able to easily transition. And it wasn't like, oh, I just jumped off the cliff and ripped off a band aid either because I'm not a huge risk taker like that. So for me, it was something very, very in between. Right. It was anything, me leaving the secure job was going to feel uncomfortable. Like it was going to feel like a risk period, even if it was like me jumping off like a two foot jump, you know, like it was going to feel very risky for me. And I've always had to be financially independent. Like I've never had the luxury of, of having other people or, or a padding, you know, of of finances anywhere. Um, so I always had to make sure that I was taking care of myself in that way. So because of that, for me, I really started exploring, um, on the, you know, on the side in the very beginning, I definitely was dabbling in what I wanted to do and what I always think is interesting is I think people uh, assume that you're gonna know exactly what you want to do like it's like you woke up you know as a, an infant and always knew you were supposed to make cupcakes and start a bakery and that's like your are calling and you've always known it and the reality is is that's just not true like yeah. we we grow and we evolve as people and you know when you get into the corporate world you evolve as a new person right and new parts of your personality start to show up whether they're parts that you you want to lean into or parts that have just kind of, um, taken, you know, the front seat and you actually don't want them to, you know, right. um, I think you have to really do a gut check and say like, who do I want to be? Who do I want to show up as? Not who am I, um, Because often when we get put in this nine to five world, we're being rewarded and praised and given more money based off of who this company wants us to be. And that's not a negative thing, you know, but it is it's hard for us, I think, then to take a step back and say, like, if I was just 100 percent doing what I wanted to do and getting paid a million dollars to do that, what would that look like and how is that different? And sometimes we don't even remember the answer to that because we've been living in this world for so long. We've been living in our nine to five, you know, suit for so long that we yeah. forget what we love. We forget what we're passionate about. People ask you that question like, well, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? And you're like, I have zero idea. <laughs> like, right, um, right. and I think that's, you know, that's just like a bad habit. I think that the habit is we've had these little tugs of our gut, our intuition, they've been speaking to us. And instead we push them to the side and we shove them down and we're like, Hey, I'll get to you later. Like yeah. you're l- this little tug of like, Hey, I want to learn a Italian, like that's unimportant. I got a job to do. Like, let me focus on my to do's. Let me get through the laundry. Let me get through all these other things. And then I can listen to that, that silly little tug but the reality is a silly little tugs are telling you so much about yourself like it's probably not just you want to learn italian but yeah. it's that you are craving to pick up a new skill that you want to travel that you need adventure that there's you know like whatever it is you want to listen to that because as soon as you start listening to those tugs you start getting closer and closer and closer to who you really are and not who you've been showing up as the last many years you know so yeah. That was like the journey that I had to go on personally. I, I say, you know, taking an Italian class clearly that was part of my journey, You sure. know, like signing up for like a soccer team, like those kinds of things. I started to listen to personal tugs yeah. and then I explored like every single possible job. Like I was at like massage therapist orientations, like I was at like potentially going to go back and get my MBA. Like I thought I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist. And so I would literally go and shadow people or I would take them to coffee. And, um, I went kind of through this journey of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And that's, uh, you know, again, when I started stumbling upon Marie and some online entrepreneurs, I, I, this idea of having freedom and being able to work anywhere in the world that I wanted to, to be able to work at any time of the day that I wanted to, and to be able to, uh, still provide my, my knowledge and my skill, um, and, scale it so that I was being paid more for just my hour, you know, of time. Um that to me was fascinating and intriguing. So I dug deeper into that and that's when i started to be like this is this is it and yeah. so then i just started dabbling in life coaching classes and you know getting little certifications for positive and motivational psychology and um as soon as i started to do that which was basically listening to the tugs um i i just fell in love with everything that i was learning it was just so much more and more clear every tiny class i took every small yes that i said you know yes to like those were making it so much more clear in my brain, like this is the path for you. Um, and so then I started to do that and I, I, picked up a few small clients while I was still working, but really nothing serious and really more of kind of like a little bit of a test market. Okay. And then I decided I, I saved up some money from my, my past job and said, I'm going to give myself, you know, X amount of months. I think I gave myself like three to six months to uh, quit my job and be comfortable. And at the end of six months, um, whether I had enough clients, you know, to start a business um, or I I didn't. And then I picked up like a freelance job, then that was going to be like my next step. So that's basically what I did. I took some time off, yeah. um, played, got highly certified, you know, and in everything internationally. I went to London and got all my training done over there oh. and then um, started a teeny, teeny, tiny little business, you know, <laughs> that was not making very much money at all, you know, right. and freelanced and picked up side Jobs to support that for the first year, year and a half, and then um, just kept at it and kept yeah. building it. You know,
0: let me let me ask you I've over these over this past month or so, I've been obsessed with this kind of up and down journey of every single thing that is that you want to do. And what I mean, mean is, so you go and you start a nine to five, or you go and you want to go to the gym, whatever analogy you want to use. I feel like it goes through this exact same cycle. And what it is—the first time or first day—you know—we'll just use the gym for for an example. First day, you go to the gym and you're super pumped. I'm gonna get fit. I'm gonna start eating right. I'm gonna do this business. I'm gonna start. I'm getting rid of my nine to five. I'm starting it. And you are gun uh, guns blazing out the gate. Boom! So much happiness, so much glee, so much positivity. And then day three, day four, week three, month three, whatever it is, all of a sudden there's this spot where you kind of go down and you go what the F am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? This sucks. I don't I don't have any clients. I'm barely making any money. I'm not seeing any results in the gym. And then if you push through that little portion of that little self-doubt or that that negativity in your brain and push through just that first part, then all of a sudden you get another client or you start to see a, a, a tricep pop out and you go, oh my God, I'm back in it. So you go up again and then you go up kind of up to a higher level, a higher plateau, and then you go there for a little bit and then you go back down and then you have to push through this other level and it's just this constant never-ending cycle kind of ups and downs ups and downs ups and downs and i've noticed that through even literally this morning my alarm went off 4 30 in the morning and i went what am i doing we're we're hunkered down in the in this crazy time right now why am i going to go for a five mile run i'm like all right, fine. I'll get out there. And then I start going and I start running. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to do three miles. and like, no, you said you're going to do it. You said you're going to do it. So you push through. And then, you know, this area that I run, is kind of like, it's called the back bay this area that I run. I know once I hit this one little spot, this corner that I only have like a half a mile left to go. And then I'm halfway through and If you're halfway through something, might as well get, just keep going. So I finally hit halfway through and then I'm like, Oh, I'll just walk for a little bit. And then kind of push through that. Like, no, get up. You're already out here. Might as well do it anymore. But then once I finished and the Nike run-up said five miles, that feeling of accomplishment is one of the best feelings on the freaking planet. And, but you will never ever get there unless you push through that. And so mm-hmm. not to ask a lead in question, but have you felt that same way in your, in your business, building your coaching, these kind of gnarly ups and downs, you just gotta keep pushing through. Have you seen that, that pattern or is that just my crazy brain that looking at it at in, in my own myopic view?
1: <laughs> In during your run, during yeah. your five mile run. <laughs> no, um, I 100% agree. I think that that training yourself to get through those low moments, being expecting those low moments, preparing for those low moments and knowing that they are going to be uncomfortable and knowing how you personally get through them and enjoy them. At the yeah. most that you can, I think that is crucial to following through with any habit in life, but absolutely from an entrepreneur standpoint, in hanging in there with your business and being successful. I think that could potentially be the thing that separates yes. people, yes. you know, from being successful.
0: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So you said two really cool things there that I one thousand percent agree with is prepare for the low moments. So realize that no matter what, when you go to the gym, you are going to feel sore. When you mm-hmm. do leg days, when you go and do squats, it's going to be difficult to get on and off the toilet. You're going to prepare for that. So in business or in your mindset, so knowing that that's going to happen, when those low moments come through, how do you push through? How, do you, how does Kelsey Mur- Murphy push through those low moments in business or in life?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's such a good question. Um, and I kind of went through this, uh, when I, I'm an absolute night owl and, um, I wanted to be a morning person so bad. I was like, I, I got to this point in my life where I was like laughing at all the morning people, you know, yeah. like that would be up early, like having their coffee. And, you know, I was, you know, in college being like this, you guys are bananas. I'm going back to sleep. Like there looks like nothing fun about this. And then right. all of a sudden you get older and you're like, Oh, I I'm actually a little envious of you now. Like that, <laughs> that actually does Like I'm watching you walk along the beach with like a cup of coffee at 5 a.m. While while I'm like so devastatingly tired and I'm like, oh, now I am jealous of you. How do you do this? You know, so I went through a journey of uh, that same exact journey of trying to become a morning person, Yeah. um, which again, the payoff of when I did become a morning person was so there was no feeling like it. It was like uh, it's like an aha that goes off in your brain that you're like, if I can do this what else can I do? Like it's, it's, it ripple effects into your entire life. But so I had to prepare for that kind of journey. And I think the first thing is really knowing that there's going to be a low spot, like recognizing and, and almost, um, not being, you know, uh, blissfully ignorant about the fact that this, you're going to feel motivated in the beginning, like run with it as long as you can enjoy it. It's, it's the magic of new beginnings and it's amazing and love it up. But don't expect that to last and recognize when you hit a wall or you hit a speed bump that you're going to need to be prepared for that and so for me I literally have something that I call like a digital emergency pack and I have it on my iPhone and it's just in my notes section and in there I have a couple really easy things for me that get my brain back to the place of like you can do this we're getting back on the horse this was expected you know so like I have, like I love Macklemore. Right. So I have a couple Macklemore songs in there, like literally the links to them yeah. on Spotify. So I don't have to search for him. I don't have to think about like, oh, what song would motivate me now? You know, like I've already prepared for that in advance. I pre- like, I literally sit down and say, what are the songs that motivate me? Put the links in there. Like I have a couple three minute Ted talks. Like what are some yeah. Ted talks that motivate you? Just put the links in there so that when you feel your lowest of lows, all you have to do is literally press a button or I'll have a, a quote in there, or sometimes I have, um, a mantra in there, you know, an affirmation. Um, I, I think that for me with, uh, uh, with following through with things, it was often, like you are disciplined enough to achieve your goals because I'm not a highly disciplined person. I'm not a type A person. I'm very type B. If I could sleep in every day, I would. Um, so I have to remind myself like, yes, like you're not the most disciplined person in the world, but you are disciplined enough to achieve your goals. You always have been, you always will be like, so I'll usually have like an affirmation in there that I can read that shifts my brain right away. So I just know that the motivations are going to waver, you know, like that, that you're going to hit some speed bumps and and my job and and is to is to make sure I'm prepared for them and that I expect them and that I am not turning my internal dialogue into this conversation of, oh, well, of course, you know, like you're not going to the gym today. It's because you're lazy, Kelsey. You've always been lazy. That's just who you are, because that's what happens. It's not necessarily the speed bump that's the problem. It's the internal dialogue. It's the way we start to talk to ourselves. We create these like stories about who we are. Right. And it's not just like, oh, this is a rough day because I stayed Uh up a little bit later or my body's a little bit more tired. It's a, oh, this is something you always do, Kelsey like you've always been like this like you're never going to be a morning person like you're just always wired to be a night owl so you start like Like forcing yourself to believe all these negative things about yourself. So I think not letting yourself go down that rabbit hole hole too far, like recognizing you're going to think that that's the way your brain's going to, it's going to naturally go to that place and being able to take that thought and say, Hey, I see you (laughs) and I am choosing not to go down that rabbit hole. I am going to do all of these other things to continue to move forward to the next place, you know?
0: That is, that is so crucial. You, you said something there that I think is really, really good. And a good tactical takeaway is knowing what kind of gets your fire going and put that in place before. So put that in your notes section of, of your phone. You know The same thing like when you want to start eating healthy, when you have that, that gusto, go do your meal prep. And so they're all in the fridge and throw away all, all your candy and everything. So when you open the fridge, you're like, damn, I really wish I had a recess, but all right, I guess I'll take this chicken. So you, you have no other option, but it's already there in place before you get there. And there's my favorite definition of character. Uh, character is what keeps you motivated on a particular task long after the emotion in which you made that declaration has subsided. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite definition of of character. And I think the more times you can push through those those limits or push through those times of of doubt you get this feeling of the feeling of being proud like I said before the feeling of being proud of yourself has got to be one of the best feelings on the face of the planet and I mean true proud of yourself like I'm really really I'm like I'm really pumped up that I went through that five mile run this morning like it's it's when I got home I was doing work and those things those little decisions kind of push you in a a different direction. You know, if you, if two sailboats leave the harbor the exact same moment on the exact same track and one person just does one degree, all of a sudden they're in a completely different direction. And I think it just starts with those little tiny, those little tiny actions, those little tiny actions. I think that's the difference between somebody that wants to be in your position versus you in your position now, meaning it's all these little actions that you took now, all of a sudden, you have a very successful business. You're you're rubbing elbows with some of the major players in the entire, entire world, movers and shakers. But it's these little tiny actions that you took along the way. One of the things that I liked in kind of doing some research about you and kind of going back to that jump is that you kind of teach people how not to obsess over starting the perfect business right outside of the gate. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that or kind of expand on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um so, I think we get caught up on um making the perfect decision. Um, and I know this. I, I call myself a perfectionist when it comes to, like, putting things out on my website. But really, if we're honest about that, it's probably a little bit more of just an insecurity, you know, of what other people are going to think yeah. of what you're putting out there. Um, but I think that we always want to have the right answer. Um, none of us want to have the wrong answer. Um, none of us want to start a business that's going to fail, right? None of us want to make a bad decision. But... A lot of us have a hard time taking action and moving forward until we know that we're making the right decision, until we know the exact next step. And especially in entrepreneurship, like that exact next step is it just it's non existent, right? Like yeah. you never know if something is gonna work until you test it. Like you never know if something is the right decision for you until you try it on, right? So right. So for me, I really am encouraging people to make the best decision. I'm not again, I I don't jump off of a cliff like right. I'm not saying to just uh, start any business, like yeah. make a really educated decision. But at the same time, the first small business you do doesn't have to be your forever business. You know, like the first small website you create doesn't have to be your forever website. What's important is that you create it. What's important is that if you feel a calling to start a business, that you start to dabble in that, that you take some action and you go sit and have coffee with people that are doing that and learn more and not hold yourself back from moving forward until you know the exact right answer. Because I will tell you, uh, my website has probably had 30 iterations over my, you know, like business and the way that I coach people and the type of coaching I I do. Like in the very beginning, I tested out all sorts of coaching, like career coaching, divorce coaching, relationship coaching, like retirement coaching. I, yeah, like I tested everything out. And not because I wanted to fail and find out what didn't work. Like that wasn't my mindset going into it. But looking back now, I recognize how much you have to do that, right? Like yeah. you have to say, Hey, this possibly could work for me. How can I test this out in a really low risk way? You know? So I would do a couple of free coaching sessions in some of those categories and I would recognize so quickly what was, what I was really good at and what people are getting really good results in and what they weren't, you know? And that that then allowed me to move forward to build a stronger business for myself and be able to communicate what I do much more clearly and yeah. I would never have gotten there if I was like mm, I think this is what I should do and maybe I'll just stay and play in this area and slowly slowly build um I just probably wouldn't be where I am today you know yeah
0: yeah I think the thing with entrepreneurship is that when you have a, a calling, when we just talk about a business, not um, maybe a life mission, but when you have a calling to a business, when you step out, you you have this picture of what business you want to start, and then you start doing it, and then you realize how little you know about the business you want to start. <laughs> yeah. For case in point, this podcast, you know, I just I love talking to people like you. I love having in depth conversations. I'm not very good with like the surface type of stuff. And so when I was like, whoa, I listen to podcasts and listen to podcasts for years, you know, I'll just have conversations and then that will be it. And then you start going, oh, wait, I got to know how to edit. Oh, wait, what's a soundboard thing? Oh, wait, what's a TriCaster? Wait, what are all these cameras? Hey, I don't know anything about that. So you you step in with your with your whole heart and then you start to realize that you have so many other things you have to figure out. And it's just um, knowing that going ahead of time is so, so crucial. I want to kind of switch gears a little bit to kind of more um, you you as a person. So one of the things that you said just there is that you have to stop caring what others think. How do you do that? Or how do you personally do that? Because I think that's really big, especially in our time of social media, which I say this every single time. I love that social media exists. I I can't wait for the next thing to happen. I can't wait for it to be more of it but it's how we use it that we need to start figuring out. And this comparison portion is so difficult. And I get caught up in it. I'm sure you get caught up in it. You know, all this, all these types of things. So how do you, what advice would you give to not compare yourself to others and not care so much what other people think or somewhere in that realm? Yeah, uh,
1: that's, that's such a good question. I feel like we could talk about that for hours. Yeah. I feel like we're gonna have a whole other podcast for that. There we go. Um, Um, so I definitely have a tendency to think, care about what other people think, right? Like I, I am not one of those people that can just show up as I am and just power through life. Um, it's just not my personality. I think because I'm an introvert, I tend to be a real, like, empathetic thinker, right? That I'm always thinking. And sometimes that runs wild, right? Like, I, that I lose control of that. And I'm wondering what everybody else out there is thinking. Um, so for me, building not only my business, but my personal life, like my family life, has been a real practice in taking a step back and creating, um, everything that I'm doing, every thought that's coming to me, being very intentional about everything that I'm doing. And when I say intentional, I literally mean like from like a systematic standpoint, like uh, taking a step back and creating a three-year manifesto is what I usually do and I envision where I want to be in three years everything from like the money that I want to be making to what I want people to be saying about me to the generosity that I'm showing um, to what it looks like when I wake up in the morning to what coffee I'm drinking you know like um, to the jokes my husband and I are telling yeah. to each other like that's like what like my my three-year manifesto is and I have to write it down and I have to have it easily accessible like for when I'm planning my week, because I think that we tend to be really reactive in life. And if we don't have some intention and an idea of who we want to be, how we want to show up or what we want showing up in our lives and our business and our relationships, if we don't think about that, then and we don't prioritize that and be very intentional about that, then we're going to be reactive to everything else that's happening in our world, especially, you know, like with what's going on, you know, in with the entire world right now, right? Like we can be intentional and proactive about how we want to show up in this world or, um, during this time, or we can be reactive to absolutely everything we're hearing and everything that's going on. Um, I just actually had a call with a client of mine yesterday and they were trying to talk about how do we, what do we do with our business during this time of crisis? Like not from a financial standpoint, but like what, what, how do we show up on social media? Like, what should we be doing? What are other people doing? And I was very much like take a step back what do you want to be doing like what is the idea six months from now when you look back at this situation and how you showed up on social media to your hundreds of thousands of followers like what do you want to say you did like what what's important to you and that's gonna be different for everybody but you know if it if it really is important to you to make a stance and to say something and to come out with a point of view um, then let's do that you know yeah. but if it's not if you just want to sit there and provide Provide beautiful inspiration and positive thoughts, and just um, add to that positive chatter. Let's do that as well. Like these things are all valuable, but I think that we have to take a beat and decide intentionally how we want to show up. Otherwise we're very reactive. So I know that when I'm feeling insecure Mm -hmm. or um, I'm too worried about what other people think, it's because I'm being reactive. It's because I haven't taken a second to really say, um, yes, you could do all of these things, Kelsey, like just like say for my, my Instagram feed or my Instagram stories, right? Like, yes, Kelsey, you could do all of these things and yes, you could have much better pictures and yes, you could be driving traffic in different ways or, um, um you know you could be doing all these things but what is important to you like what how do you want to show up where do you want to be in 3 years like what are you gonna look back on this feed and and feel really proud about? Like, what what does that look like for you? And often then it becomes very clear to me, like, oh, I don't need the most professional photos. Like, I actually care more about my writing and captions, you know, that they're actually, that they're something connective to my audience. Or um, I'll say like, oh, I don't need these perfect layouts in my Instagram story. I actually wanna give them um, an insight into my my life with my daughter and what that actually looks like when I'm running a business. and so people see that realness there so I start to think that's what I'd feel really proud about and if I can stay in my lane and then be really intentional about that Mm -hmm. then I often care much less what other people think and I and I love other people and I wish them well and people that are doing different or better things is like awesome you're staying in your lane I'm staying in my lane I know where I want to be in three years and I am on that trajectory so I feel really good about that you know but I can tell when I care too much it's because I'm being reactive, I'm unclear about where I wanna be or how I wanna show up and then I gotta take a beat I got to relook at that three-year manifesto. And honestly, that three-year manifesto for me is life-saving because I do it one time and then I just go back in and read it. And the second I reread this life that I want in three years, I just breathe. It's like the weight is off my shoulders. I don't have to make a million decisions. Like the decision is right there. It's like, yes, that is the life you want. You want to roll over and giggle and laugh with your husband and, you know, like tell a dirty joke and think it's so funny and, you know, have that kind of cool relationship with him well into kids, you know, and then you want to go play with your kids and you want to put on music first thing in the morning. You don't want to rush them to school. Like, and, and when I read that, I'm like, that's what I care about. Like, those are the things that I prioritize on my list for the week, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's to reduce that comparison, that comparison thing that we all get in, into, or sometimes get into, it all comes down to what I think I'm hearing from you is it all comes down to preparation, meaning the more you prepare, and the more you're being proactive, not reactive, when you show up to that, uh, to that talk, when you give that talk, or when you show up to that coaching session, you are prepared, and you know that you are doing the best that you can do. And I've noticed that with things in my life, when I do the preparation when I do the everything that I know I should be doing up to that talk or up to that lecture up to that podcast, wherever the chips may fall, I am fine with that because I could not have done anything more. And I actually got that from Kobe Bryant. you know he was really perceived as a real arrogant person and and I'm not talking bad about him. He's one of my heroes. I did a tribute to him on my podcast. But the reason why he was perceived as arrogant is because he did more work than anybody else he was up at three four o'clock in the morning and then he would go home eat breakfast and then go to the practice with the other other players he was doing so much more that he commanded that that adulation or that admiration and so he didn't care because he knew that he did the best that he could because he was doing the best that he could Mm -hmm. so it was just that preparation will help you alleviate some of those comparisons, because comparison is the thief of joy. I just, Mm -hmm. it's so difficult to be happy with who you are when you're constantly looking outward. But, um, Absolutely, so I love it, and no, love and, it
1: I love that. That. I, and I love that. And I, laugh because um, being a being a Warriors fan, I feel the exact <laughs> same way about Steph Curry. You yeah. know, like I like when I research and I watch Steph, I'm like, I'm hearing and watching and listening to these stories about just the preparation and the amount of practice that goes into what looks so beautiful and easy and fluid out there. Um, it's so much practice. It's so much preparation. And and I'll also say preparation looks different for every. Everybody. So um, preparation may be this uh, very clear, you know, sh- shooting so many hoops before you go into the game, or it may be a yeah. very clear creating an outline for a talk, but also maybe something very emotional, right? Like it may be something that is very um, intimate. You may not need to prepare at all for a talk, but being able to get your head in the right place and know yeah. that, hey, before I go into a talk, I get a little bit nervous, right? So I need to listen to this song and repeat this mantra. Like it Maybe be something as yeah. simple as that. I think we all have to know ourselves well enough to know what preparation means for us. Is it more emotional? Is it more physical? Is it more intellectual? Um, and then create that plan for ourselves, make time and space for that. So we go into all of these situations very clearly, very confidently and very intentionally, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. So taking another right turn, going back to you, you as a person. So um, how long have you been married?
1: Um, oh man, Uh I should put you on the spot.
0: (laughs) Uh oh, I'll Um, cut this out. Let's
1: see. We got married in 2012. So, um, about eight years.
0: Okay. And how many children do you have?
1: I have, um, I, I have a six week old downstairs right now um, and a three and a half year old. So two girls.
0: So I think this will be really beneficial too. With an entrepreneur like that, there comes times where, you're very business focused, and then you kinda go, oh shoot, I feel like I'm dropping the ball with my family. So then you come more family, then you go, oh shoot, I feel like I'm dropping the ball with my business. So kinda going back to those ups and downs that we talked about before, how do you balance that? Because that's gotta be a a tricky thing. My wife and I don't have any kids yet, but um, I'm 37 years old and a lot of my friends are on kid number two and I see this balancing act and I hear, you know, from my buddies, like, God, I feel like I'm working too much, I feel like I'm missing, I'm on the road, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. So there's this balancing act. So one, how do you give yourself the grace in both sides? And then how do you kind of balance that? How do you kind of weave weave that through?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's such a good I feel like that's the that's the magic, right? Yeah. Like being able to find that that lifestyle. And uh I I think for me, and this may just be for me, but but simplifying to the important things when it comes to that has been key 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 for me um and what i mean by that is when i think about what's important for me with my daughters um man that list could go on forever right like Uh, making sure that they're eating all healthy homemade foods, right? Like making sure that I have structured playtime for them, making sure they're getting enough family interaction, making sure that they're at the right schools, like um, making sure that we're sitting down for dinner every single night, uh, right? Which a lot of those things are wonderful and valid and important. Um, but if I can simplify that to, hey, what is really the thing? Like what is going to be the most important thing? Like when you look back um, six yeah. months, 12 months, you know, three years from now, like if when you look back, what are you going to hope life was like with these kids? Like what do you want to give them? And often for me, it's um, I want to give them confidence in who they are. I want them to know that they are. Absolutely loved. I want to teach them resilience, you know. Um, and so that doesn't always mean that they're gonna have a home cooked meal at dinner every single night, you know, right. like sitting down with the family. That may look very different. And we actually we do do that a lot because I think there's a lot of really great research behind that. But yeah. that's not gonna make or break the way that I feel about myself as a mom. You know, what makes or break it breaks it is really like the amount of times that she laughs, right? The amount of times that I laugh, like. As As a parent and especially a working mom, you can feel so stretched and exhausted and your patience is gone and you just feel like you're showing up at the very end of the day with zero, you know, zero energy, completely depleted. And that's how I know I'm not nailing it. Mm. Like if I feel like that, then I have I have exerted my energy in places it should not be going. Because when you exert your energy into places that you're really excited about and it should be going, it gives you energy back, you know, and that was a big thing with my nine to five. I would come home so exhausted and I would have nothing to give to my friends and family. And with this job that I'm doing right now, like, and you probably feel this, like getting off this podcast, right? Like we're probably both very tired. Like we've probably been working a lot. Like there's a lot of emotional stress out in the world right now, but I already feel energized just from this conversation, right? I'm going to get off this conversation and be like, Oh, I feel so excited about so many things we talked about and it's going to spur more energy. And I think that that's how you should feel with, your job and with your kids. Like if you're doing something with your kids that's completely draining your energy, but man, you really think you should be making that homemade baby food? Like take a step back and say, is this worth my energy? Is this bringing me joy? Yeah. Or is there another solution to give them just as much love and nutrients and instead of spending, you know, 30, 45 minutes on making this homemade baby food, I can laugh with them. I can giggle with them. I can enjoy their facial expressions when they're 1 years old. Like that's what you want to walk away remembering yeah. so that when you look at that year of remember when they were one or remember when they were two, God, that was fun, man, yep. that was epic. Remember when they laughed, remember when they did this, I remember we would wake up in the morning and we'd have dance parties, right? Or we would go to bed and we'd have little mini pretend sleepovers in their little tent or whatever. Those, those are the memories you want to create. Yeah. So if you can focus on creating some of those memories and let some of that other stuff go, just simplify it so that you care about the really important Important things. I think it gives us permission to let go of the other things that we, quote unquote, think we should be doing. Or, you know, we get in comparison and we see everyone with their awesome, like, homeschooling schedules right now and are like, ah, what am I doing? It's like, choose one thing. You don't need to have a whole homeschooling schedule for the entire day. What's one important thing you want to do? Like, one letter activity? Great. Do one and then sit and snuggle with them and watch Frozen 2. That's totally fine. You know, like, make those memories focus on what's really important and, like, cut yourself some slack because they're not going to remember absolutely everything that you did. They're going to remember the way that you made them feel about who they are and their life, you know?
0: Yeah. That's so huge. Yeah. I say it all the time. Kids. I used to say kids don't spell love like this, but now I really think it's everyone doesn't spell love L O V E. They spell it T I M E. And that's truly, truly the difference because it's when I have Times with my wife, and I get her to um uh, tickle her or laugh, and she gets to the point where she almost pees her pants like those are some of the best best nights, you know, and yes, it's not the the necessarily just the date nights or anything like that it's that those real good times together, and it's those memories, like you said, because uh you know when we we're on our deathbed, that's all that we're gonna think about is our memories we're not gonna think about all the times we spent at work or the house or the cars or anything like that, so I know we're cruising up on time, but and I have just two questions for you. But before I get there, where can everybody find you? And what do you got going on? Because I know you got a lot of um, errors in your quiver.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have some exciting stuff going on. Um, people can come find me at KelseyMurphy.com is probably the best place where everything is living and housed. Um, but they can also come find me on Instagram. And I will, will say, if you do come find me on Instagram, come um, pop over into my DMs. Come say hi. Let me know you heard um, us having this conversation on this podcast. I think that that is such a cool thing. And um, I love uh, being an introvert. <laughs> I really like connecting with people when one like that makes me feel so much more connected to my audience so come into my dms and say hi you can find me over at kelsey murphy um and you'll also see my crazy life with my children running around um and yeah and then uh, coming up for me I am about to launch another mastermind I, I do about two big masterminds a year one is with Marie Forleo to kind of start your business cool. and the other one is actually to start a podcast so I work with people to kind of recognize who they are and what stories they have to tell and how they can share the mountains to the world and almost create like a collective audio file that they can pass down to their kids and um, really cool stuff so that is what's coming up For me, it's called Podcast with Soul. It'll be launching in a couple months. So um, yeah, if you're interested in that, come check it out on my site.
0: Cool, awesome. Well, I just have two questions for you. And one, considering the very odd times and unprecedented times, what, what advice from a mindset standpoint would you give to the listeners right now? Because so many things are going through their heads. So many things are going on. I know that's a big, broad question, but what kind of advice would you give to the people kind of going through this crazy time? And then I just have one other question for you.
1: Definitely from a mindset standpoint, I would say um, decide how you want to handle this and how you want to see yourself six months from now. You yeah. know, like take yourself into into winter of next year. Like take yourself into December. Like say you're closing out the year in December and this was the nuttiest spring summer ever. Yeah. Um, and you look back at this crazy time and you say, I am so proud of myself. This is what I did. This is how I acted. This is how I showed up. And think about what that means for you. Does that mean you are, you know, being brave and <clears throat> writing letters to your neighbors that are the elderly saying, hey, if you need groceries, hit me up on my, my cell phone, you know, and I can go do that for you. Does it mean finding kids that are going without meals and, and donating money to that? Does it mean... Having having a really positive, you know, experience at the end of the day for you or your kids, or does it mean being in charge of setting up family happy hours, you know, once a week, like on Skype, like think about how, how you'll feel proud of yourself. If you're sitting down in December and you look back and we're having a conversation and you say, I am really, really so glad that this is what I did or this is how I showed up. And then write that down and then put that in your schedule first thing tomorrow morning. Put that in your schedule for this week and prioritize that because that is all that matters. Yes.
0: Yeah. If you're listening to this, do exactly what she just said. Write that down because that is an action and then go and do that action immediately or as soon as possible and it will start that little trajectory that we were talking about before. And then last question I have before I let you go, how do you personally build your self-worth?
1: And mm. it on a deep one, mm-hmm. I like it. Um, uh, I build my, my self-worth by, um, by giving myself love and by remembering that, all of the things about me, the weird things, the broken things, the things that I want to change, like those are all beautiful, wonderful things inside me put in there for a reason. And um, and until I learn to love those things even the things that I don't like, like how emotional I get, or all of these things that I think are flaws, until I learn to love up on those, um, I'll never be able to step into really who I am, who I want to be, and show up in the world um, in that kind of a way. So for me, self-worth really starts with um, true, genuine self-love.
0: That's absolutely, I love that so much, and what a great way to What a great way to end this podcast with self-love. So Kelsey, I appreciate you taking this time in this crazy era or or, uh, pandemic that we're going on. So thank you again for taking the time. Thank you again for jumping on the Overcoming You podcast. You are amazing to say the least and a true overcomer. So I really appreciate the time.
1: Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. And and again, I'm, I'm so honored and love, love, love what you're doing and the content you're putting out there. So thank you for what you do. All
0: right, people. Remember, be kind to yourself.